Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Here, sorry. Oh, no. Triple M's Real Football Show. The biggest names and the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Oh, hello once again. Albie Kidd, Scottish superstar. Marcus Flores, who won the Johnny Warren medal. Val Miliaccio, the biggest newsbreaker in the game in the world today. And yours truly, Chris Dittmar. Good morning, men. Morning, that's Welcome to the Rural Football Show, Val. Uh, some massive stories coming up this morning. Tell us quickly, an A-League club could be going under. What's the story? Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation over the last 24 hours that Newcastle Jets <sighs> are in massive trouble. Okay. There's a Sad. talk they could be going down, and obviously they've, they're about to lose their coach. Looks like Carl Robinson, uh, and we're trying to find out right now, is going to be appointed the coach of Western Sydney. That could be the first move. All right, we'll find out more about that later on in the podcast. A ridiculous situation with referees here in South Australia. We'll get to this story. This is laughable. This is one of the funniest stories I've ever, ever heard. And, Val, we're going to talk to a young lady, Sarah Willisey, who's a real interesting story, isn't she? Absolutely. Absolutely. She's moved from Adelaide United to Western Sydney, but that's not the biggest story. No. All right. So plenty to cover off on the EPL as well. It's uh, The derbies are coming up uh, this coming weekend. Talk about the Nations League and many, many other things in the world of the real game. That is football. First up, I want to talk about <clears throat> the ridiculous situation here where there'll be no referees <laughs> to officiate the games in the NPL in Adelaide. And what's the reason, Val? There's, there's one referee available, Class A referee, on a Saturday game, and I think it's Parry Hills v Modbury. But Friday night there's some big NPL games and, and Sunday because one of the A-class referees in South Australia is getting married. It's not so Donald because, Campbell, is it? Because of a wedding, <laughs> Donald Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it could be. So, Val, what you're saying is all of the other referees, or many of them, have been invited to the wedding so we haven't got referees to officiate the games. Are you serious? Obviously, the guy doing the game on Saturday has not been invited, which is, which is cool. <laughs> but we've got to cut him some slack. Um, I don't want to mention his name, but probably because I've forgotten his name. Mm. But he booked this pre-COVID. So they've allowed for the fixture rescheduled for the wedding. Val, well, this is amateur hour. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't just want to bag the FFSA or the Referees Association, but this cannot happen. And in fact, happened to me when I was president of West Torrens McCalla. We had a boy come to us one week and said, oh, I can't play Saturday. Why is that? Oh, my best friend's getting married. Best friend. Oh, and of course, we said, yeah, well, you'll play and then you'll go to the wedding. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's my best friend. So he went to the wedding. And what do you know? He didn't play for us for a few weeks. We just <laughs> said, well, and he was a good player. We just said, mate, we, you play in the reserves then for a few weeks and just yeah. work out whether you're playing for us or you're going to your best mate's bar mitzvah or whatever you're doing. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a quick story as well. I was the best man at my brother's wedding, but uh, yeah. I was playing at Mother with Sam Alan McLeod as the manager. Yeah. And I told him, and he says, you will be at playing for Motherwell, then you'll go to the wedding. Right, and what happened? That's what happened. Yeah. Can I just say, you're a joke for even going to ask him yeah, if you could get out of the game. I was a bit soft at that time. Bloody hell. Marcus, any of your teammates have ever pulled out of a game for their sister's birthday or 
you know, mother's, I don't know, second marriage or something? <laughs> probably, probably a few, but I got, a, I, got, I got a story that, that actually playing for in, in, uh, in Chile during the pre-season, um, unfortunately, I lost, my, I lost my godmother. Oh, gosh. Um, and, and obviously, I was in shock, but um, I, said to, I said to God and to my godmother, I said, oh, I have to keep rolling. Yep. And, I, and, and, and I ran, ran, ran that pre-season. Then I've been kicked out. <laughs> I, I regret later, but but we, you never stop in football. No. You never mm. stop in football. Mm. All right. It's uh, look. I actually think funerals might be the one out. We, we'd probably cut you a bit of slack for a funeral. <laughs> I think. All right. Uh, let's talk about a bit of A League action, shall we? First up, though, I want to replay one of the great goals of all time. Goal of the year, goal of the year. Do you remember that one, Marcos? Yes, yeah, well, I was really lucky. Um, and I'm saying this because uh, I remember that night, it was it, it, it was a tough game. And in the warm-up, I pulled my back. And I was meant to, meant to say to the coach that I couldn't play. But at the end of the day... You know, we did everything possible to get through this 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 first half, and in the second half, when I got the ball and I started dribbling to my left side, I was thinking, as long as I was getting closer to the goal, I was thinking, now you're getting in trouble, Marcos, because I was <laughs> yeah. going to my left side, and I don't have a left foot like <laughs> so many people knows. So when I close my eyes and I shoot on I shoot on target, and that being in the top corner, so that was that a was great. Beautiful. Goal. I thought it was a great goal. I thought your first touch was a bit ordinary, but um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was, <laughs> first was, it was a great goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk A-League. Val, yeah. what's happening? Well, uh, Adelaide United's back in pre-season training. So Jordan Elsie, we brought this up last week. Looks like he could be on the move to uh, Kerala Blasters in India. Waste of time. Why would you go to India? Obviously, there's a pot of gold <clears throat> maybe may waiting for Jordan. Maybe stability, because obviously we still don't know when the A-League is going to kick off. December 27th now is, is the date being mooted. So Jordan Elsie, uh, Craig Goodwin. Ex-Adelaide player. Yeah. Re-signed for Alwada. He's on loan to Al-Abba. And that happened overnight, still in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So with Jordan Elsie's pending departure, Adelaide United are now looking at Nikola Jurkovic. And Albert, you'd know uh, the Jurkovic name, Jurkovic. Yep, I, I do. Because Ivica, his uncle who passed away, unfortunately, yep. a few Ivi. years ago, yep. um, was the chairman and, and, a, and a Raiders legend. Yeah, so he's he an ex-Melbourne Knights stopper playing for Raiders at the moment. So they're looking at him potentially taking the place of Elsie. So there's some good news. Um, for obviously, well, we uh, said about a week ago, Adelaide United are going to have to find quite a few players. So they've yeah. started. And Birrigidi, I heard Mark Birrigidi. Yep. He he started talking to Adelaide, but it fell apart. So they're still looking for a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. but they're in trouble, I think, if they don't replace quickly, because people get snapped up. Carl Viet and Ross Aloisi have got a massive job. There's only really a couple of experienced players that you know that that are worth their weight in gold. That's James Troisi there at the moment, and obviously uh, at the back, Michael Jakobsen. And then, come on, yeah, they, but they need some they need some talent. But don't you think that is a great opportunity for Adelaide United to show and um, and play with kids? Because end of the day, end of the day, guys, they financially, A League cannot recruit 
players with big salaries. So instead of bringing average players from overseas, show off the talents of the under 23s and the 24s and the best players that you got in NPL. I think of the of the do that, Marcus. And that they really need to be make it very very public that that's what their strategy is for the year to ground or, or give uh, really the young kids uh, serious game time and hopefully they improve by the end of the year. Then they've got a good squad going into the second season. Mm -hmm. But the supporters there, if they're willing to accept that, there shouldn't be any booze when they're getting beat three 0 or whatever because. Um, if the strategy is that they're going to be blooding the young kids, they're going to take a few bad results, <clears throat> I would imagine. I'm, I'm all for blooding young kids, but you've got to sprinkle it with experience. And, and I mean, if you go back, I think just before you landed in Australia, Albie, 1986, Zoran Matic had a whole... He was forced to blood a lot of young kids back then. And we're talking Steve Maxwell, Joey Mullen... Um, Charlie Villani, Aurelio Vidmar was 17, 18, coming into the team. But he had Neville Flounders, experienced centre-back, Bugsy Nizkahus, Willie McNally, Paul Shil So they, they had that bit of experience. They ended up winning the title. Mm -hmm. mm. So if you haven't got that experience how around many, you... How many players do you think that a team needs... With experience. But are we picking the right Four? players in the youth team? In other words, are there enough? Have there been enough come through over the last couple of years? Now, we know there have been some. I mean, Maluznik was a good signing. They saw him and took him through. There were, I think Jordan Elsie came through as well, didn't he? Some yeah. others have. Um, yeah. Evan Kostopoulos at one stage was given a go out of the youth team. Uh, Ryan Kiddo was given a go. So mm. there have been the odd ones come through, but... Are we picking enough quality boys in that youth team that they could come through, Val, and fill the void? I, there is quality there. There's yep. no doubt. Okay. But, but my, we'll point, use my point is if you do not help these young boys out, there's going to be some bad times and good times. When there's a bad times, that's when you need the experienced head like a Jakobsen and, and, and James Troisi to help these boys out. But there's not enough of that. At the moment, that's what I think. Guaranteed, sorry, guaranteed that they'll go to Newcastle. Look, there's a few players obviously going to become available there, probably. But I, you know, I think the strategy should include going to the best NPL league in the the country and picking up a couple of stars in there because there will be people in there that's got potential. Well, isn't that in Victoria? And that's not being played. That's being shut down. Isn't yeah. that the best NPL in well, the country? It, yeah, it is. And yeah. now all the players have moved either here or New South Wales. Yeah, don't playing. look. Let's, let's, let's look South Australia. Yeah. All right. Let's, now, Val, oh, we're talking A-League. I want to ask you about Newcastle, which you mentioned at the top mm. of the show. What's the story with Newcastle? Yeah, they're actually... So, yesterday they granted permission to... Uh, they granted permission to Western Sydney to speak to their coach, Carl Robinson, who is a very good coach, and obviously they got him from the US. And he did really well when he came in uh, when COVID, when the COVID restart. Now there's talk that they're in a real serious financial danger. There's big stress there, and there's talk on Twitter and social media. They're on the verge of collapse. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how true they are, but where there's smoke, there's fire. I want to go back to the start of the A-League, and this is a, a very controversial thing to say, but I want to be brutally honest here. The FFA stuffed this up right royally mm -hmm. in that they granted licenses to places that should never, ever have been given them, and Newcastle's one of them. They should never have given one to Townsville. They shouldn't have gone to Central Coast, and they shouldn't have gone to Newcastle. There is not the population or the financial support, the corporate support, to keep these 
clubs alive, and that's what we're seeing right now. They made decisions that I think feathered the nest of some friends along the way, and it, they were disgraceful calls, and they were the wrong calls. And what we've seen since, though, are better calls like a team in Western Sydney, like another team in Melbourne. How on earth can you have Newcastle and Central Coast just down the road from each other with the population they've got? I agree with that 100%. I have to agree. <laughs> Because it all, Absolute you know, stupidity. Any, any business model has got to be sustainable. And, and really, you know, we all know Townsville is a great example. It's a, it's a basket case there. Of course and, it and is. There wasn't much money at the, at the start. There was one guy. That's like up. having a team in Victor Harbour. Seriously. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it was crazy. But well, they did that for the World Cup bid. Oh, yeah, brought. but I just, I just want to say something because at the end of the day, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a master in business, and I don't I don't study the 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 the, 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 the how many people a city has demographics demographics. Sorry, uh, thank you. Um, now, I play for Central Coast Mariners and I play for Newcastle Jets for both clubs. Yep. Yeah, mm. and the and the community of football of 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 both cities is there. And they really, really love the game, and it's a lot of people. Now they touch my heart because I, I got, a, I get to know them. But now saying that, if you look different leagues around the world, you got clubs that got ten supporters, which is nothing wrong with that. You don't need to play a game with full packed with fifty thousand people to be successful. It helps. It helps, but yeah, but you go to a River Plate, goes to play in, in, in north of Argentina, and this northern Argentina got 10 people. Really? Yeah, but the business is sustainable because the sponsor is like Australian football rules, mm. my, uh, soccer in my, in, in my country. Mm. <laughs> different culture. Just uh, news, different news culture, coming yeah. through, uh, Carl Robinson is the new head coach of Western Sydney. Right. And he will take with him Kenny Miller. And Kenny Miller. That's your that's mate, Albie. Yep. So, um, yeah, Newcastle in big danger. And then that's probably a big story unfolding at the moment. And there was also talk before Carl Robinson got the job that even Arnie was in the mix and Rene Mullerstein. But, um, yeah, so, so there's some big moves. And just, if, if I may, the transfer market, Adelaide United had a, had a good few days in the transfer market and they made a little bit of money. But if you compare it to some of the transfers that are happening in Europe, mm. we've got a real long way to go and, and the sort of money that they're paying as well. So they're, they're building on something, and I touched on this last week. It's great that they're selling players. And what was different to say, and I brought this up with you earlier, Marcos, when Marcos left Adelaide United with sold to China, he was touted as, as Judas. Mm. But now all of a sudden it's good business. Yep. So what's the difference between... Selling players right now and selling players like 10 years ago. Yeah, but maybe we've matured, though, as a public. Maybe we're understanding more that we are in the world game. Yeah, yeah, and, and how they, they sometimes people in that business of, of football, yep. of the real football, deliver the message. Yep, for sure. All right, time to look at the weekend of EPL that's coming up. Before we do, uh, we talked about one of the great Marcus Flores goals at the start of the show. <laughs> uh, I want to take you all the way back to 1986. 1960. All Hearts had to do was avoid defeat against Dundee at Dens Park, while Celtic had to win convincingly against St Mirren at Love Street. Here's how it unfolded. 5-0 for Celtic at Love Street. But at Dens Park, Hearts were still on course for the title, with a score nothing each and only a few minutes left. Kit. Runners, good run the outside and McDonald. Corner kick. Swinging in and swinging in very dangerously. And there's a goal! 
Christmas sport. Will this championship disappear from the very eyes? So, Albie, kid, you are a Celtic legend and you never ever played for Celtic once. Tell us the story. They love you. Yeah, well, um, it was a... It was a... A bit of history there, but um, going going about a hundred years, that's right enough. But <laughs> but really, um, you know, was, you couldn't write the script here because Celtic needed to win by five clear goals, yeah. and Hearts only needed a draw yeah. at our ground um, to mm. win the championship. And um, you know, I was brought on probably twenty five minutes to go, and then you know, scored. A, I was lucky enough to score a couple of goals. But, yeah. uh, but and Celtic it, got up five 0 Celtic got five 0 so they won the title. They won, and the, they, they won the championship, and and then within a, a couple of weeks, I used to get envelopes delivered to the um, the ground at Dundee, Dens Park, yeah. and the, the secretary would come and say, "There's a couple of more envelopes there," and, and it, would, it was something like somebody putting five pound in an envelope <laughs> to say, "Good on you, wee man, get yourself a pie." And that was from Celtic, <laughs> from Celtic, unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Was, was that one of the, the most memorable moments of your career? Even though oh, it was probably the biggest thing in my career, that you know that that's um, that, that stands out, and, you, and everybody goes back on. But one of the one of the biggest thing was um, um, beating Rangers at um, Ibrox when they had a good side, and we beat them three two. And, and in the game prior to that, or two one down, and I equalised. That was one of my, the highlights as well, just scoring a goal against And Rangers. he got out alive. That would have re- been a highlight. That yeah, yeah, to get the replay over at Ibrox. <laughs> and, we, and we were actually on a fortune um, <clears throat> of a bonus to beat Rangers at Ibrox because it, it was never unheard of, so, so to speak. And yeah. there wasn't really much chance of that happening. But we beat them 3-2 and we got yeah. a massive bonus. Now, the funny thing was, Val, just a couple of years ago, Celtic flew Albie back over there for a celebration dinner. I know. And he was lauded at this. And like I said, he's never even played for them. But you're a hero there. It's incredible. Well, that was that was quite interesting as well because we're in the boardroom there having just pre-dinner drinks. And um, uh, so all the guys started to walk out into the function room, which is quite a massive function room. And I started to walk as well. And yeah. they say, so, look, you're, you're the guest of honour. You've got to be joking. Because there was some, there was a amount of, you know, Really, superstars there, and Danny McGrain and Paul McStay was there. All big, massive names that you know. And then, but so it was quite, quite humbling. Um, I must say that. But uh, it was a great night. Was, All right, was Dixie Dean's there? Dixie was there. Yep, yep. What a legend he was. Yeah, yeah Dixie was there. Had a big, big time in South Australia. Uh, all right, let's talk EPL this week coming up. The derbies are on. Yep, derbies are on. So, um, looking at the first one, Everton versus Liverpool. Ooh. Uh, massive game So um, This would know, be their biggest clash In many many years With the way Everton Are going right now It is Everton right at the top Of the league And Liverpool Just getting smacked 7-2 uh, The week <laughs> before there So they, they've got to Bounce back And I think they might um, But Everton As you said That's going very very well Spurs versus West Ham A London derby there um, David Moyes You know Doing well at West Ham there And um, Our man Mourinho Doing well at Spurs as well Just of late uh, one of the big ones uh, to be on the derby agenda: Celtic versus Rangers. <laughs> this, this is a massive oh. one. Um, oh, oh, you could vouch oh. for that as well, Val. You know, it's a, a massive game, and uh, Rangers sitting top of the league just now, two points clear with Celtic having a, a game in hand. The other games in EPL uh, that's worth mentioning: Man City versus Arsenal, uh, Newcastle um, 
versus Man United. Now, this will be Cavani's mm. uh, debut. I'm really looking forward to see him playing for Man U. So that's a massive game. Leicester versus Aston Villa. Two clubs doing very well Shea. as well. Yep. And uh, the biggest game of the round is yep. uh, West Brom versus Burnley. Wow. <laughs> Lockout. What? It is. Yeah, no one's left. So, I know. Just uh, dits, if I may, obviously the Nations League. I, I, I'm loving this tournament UEFA has actually put on as an extra, you know, to, yep. to the Euro and the FIFA World Cup. Yep. Because it gives all these nations competitive football. There's no more friendly games, which is exactly what you want. And I, this morning I watched uh, Italy and the Netherlands, which are a great game, but there was a big shock where um, England lost to Denmark. And that's really uh, going to send some shivers down the spine of the, the manager, Southgate, because that's a, a pretty big loss at home as well. Gee. But this, yeah, what, home, yeah. what I'm saying is this is a tournament maybe Asia should start visiting to have get rid of these useless friendly matches where you put on, you know, after an hour, there's, there's 150 substitutions. No one knows what goes on. These are competitive games. And these – your wife is – Bigger nations or everybody, they're only going to get better. They're going to start dominating World Cups with this sort of thing. Well, it's something worth playing for, isn't it? You know, it's there's a you know a goal at the end of it, so to speak. Pardon the pun, mm. but the the other um, the other ones, I guess, just to come in um, on Italy, Inter Milan versus uh, AC Milan as well as the other derby. Uh, over the weekend. So Huge. That, so stay tuned for yeah. that. That'll be a big game. Yep, certainly will. So plenty happening in the world of EPL, uh, all the derbies this weekend. Albert, uh, every time I'm with you and we have a, a quiet gargle, we get into a debate about Celtic and Rangers joining the EPL. I certainly debate it with you. So we won't do it today, but next week, after we've seen the derby come and go, I want to talk to you at length about the fact that these two sides have to go into the EPL. Yep, I'm, as I said last week, very happy to go into that debate. I think they need to go into the EPL. Uh, there would be massive clubs uh, within, I would say, four or five years uh, that's up the top four, top five, top six area uh, challenging for Europe. They are a massive club. One better as well, we've got uh, Archie Knox, former Scotland manager, uh, 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 Alex Ferguson's assistant at Man United, who yep. was... Uh, a coach at Glasgow Rangers, and he would he'll, he's going to participate. That's yep in our debate. All right, fantastic. Uh, moving on, uh, Val, tell us about a young lady here in South Australia, Sarah Willisey, who's doing great things. Obviously, uh, Sarah's a, a local. She only lives about three hundred meters from me, which is good. But she was told many years ago by her coaches, who is no longer in this country, that she was way too small for a goalkeeper. Okay, she proved them wrong became the number one for Adelaide United W League. And uh, last year, she was on the bench of the Matildas when they played against Chile. But more interestingly, she's now moved from Adelaide United Western Sydney. But she's got a story to tell because she's now playing with the boys or the men. Mm -hmm. So uh, we welcome her now. Welcome to the podcast. Now, tell us about, obviously, we'll talk about Western Sydney, you moving there and, and, you know, your dreams about moving to Europe. But tell us about where you're playing right now, because I had a chat to you on Monday night at the Blue Eagles Cameltown match, and I was a little bit stunned. Um, yes, yeah, so right now, because um, WNPL has finished, I'm playing in the under-18 boys league for Studley. So how's that going? So, but firstly, you're the first goalkeeper to actually do it, and how did you make that transition? You, had, you needed special permission as well, and why are you playing in the under-18s? Boys me. Um, I think, well, 
One of the reasons why is because obviously um, I've played in the WNPL and I think I just needed a new challenge to continue on improving and playing at uh, like a not re- not necessarily a higher level, but obviously the boys are a lot quicker and stronger and um, more physical. So it's good. It's a good challenge for me. Well, it's certainly a, a, a different environment there, uh, Sarah. Um, and it's a good point you make that, um, you know, it's a different approach to maybe a, a different angle. Uh, playing in the ladies' league is a lot different from, from in the men's league, obviously. But I think you, you will that will assist you to become a better goalkeeper and um, and basically go on to the next uh, level. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I decided to, to play in the boys' league as well as obviously continuing playing on with my team as well. So aspirations, uh, Sarah, is that you, you, we hear about the, the ladies um, going overseas now, um, signing for clubs like Arsenal and, and all that type of stuff. Is, is that on your agenda? Um, yeah, definitely going over to Europe or even Scandinavia is hopefully will come in the near, near future after W League finishes, but we'll just have to... See how that goes. Hi, Sarah Marcus Flores um, here. I just wanted, I just wanted to ask you in the technical, in the technical part of a game, the difference be, the, that you consider between the under eighteen seniors boys with the first, with the first uh, division of women. Because in my, in my perspective, I see that the, it might be more quicker the the boys, but. I think the women are more disciplined into into so many aspects of the game. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, playing, obviously, they're a lot more physical and quicker, but I think the skill level um, sometimes and the technical mm-hmm. level sometimes is a lot better in the women's. But um, for me, obviously, I'm play, I played in both leagues as well, which was always good, so... Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing to see you doing well and, and, and I wish you the very best. Thank Sarah, you. Sarah, just with regards to getting permission, because I, uh, I remember Melissa Barbieri and she played for Adelaide United and, and a Matilda's legend. She was granted permission back in 2007 to play for Richmond in the uh, Victorian Premier League in the men's competition. Did you need that sort of stuff? And I do remember vaguely, I think Di Aligic played many, many years ago in the uh, men's competition as well. Did you need special permission to play in the boys' league? Yeah, so the Football South Australia had to like vote on it and they um, went to the committee and they um, gave me permission to play in the boys. Which, which is, is good. good. So is this going to uh, pave the way? Do you think will there be more girls trying to or seeking that sort of permission, do you think? Will we see more players like you doing this? Um, hopefully. I'm not 100% sure, but um, I definitely, if I'm back in Adelaide next year, want to play in the boys, hopefully full-time. So now, now, tell us, finally, why did you move to Western Sydney? We had you um, as the number one, and I thought you were going to be here for a, for a lifetime. Why, why the move? Um, I think I just needed a new experience and get out of my comfort zone. Obviously, I've been in Adelaide, playing for Adelaide for about the past, five seasons so so um to continue improving personally and uh, like my football as well i needed to make the move and hopefully this new experience will help me get further in my football 
Well, you'll certainly set a precedent there, Sarah, and um, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of ladies that uh, might follow suit and uh, be playing in the, the men's uh, league. Yeah, we'll hope so. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck. It's been an, an interesting ride for you, playing in the Adelaide under-18s with the boys and heading off to Western Sydney. Thanks for talking to us on The Real Football Show. No, thanks for having me. Good on you. There she is, uh, Sarah Willisey. Uh, how far can she go, Val? All the way. Yep, good and, player. Yeah, no, a really good player, and, and hopefully uh, she'll get a chance under the new Matilda's coach, Gustafsson, to, to give her a crack. She, Like I said, she was on the bench here under Auntie Milicic, Milicic at Hindmarsh when, when we played Chile. We mentioned stepping stones, and we mentioned Riley McGree going to Birmingham as a stepping stone. That's a, that's a good example of a stepping stone yep. for a lady. Yep. She's taken it upon herself to get to raise the bar and go into a, a men's so I, I think it's fantastic. I got I got one in left field. How how realistic or how soon do you think that one day and and you've seen the gender crossover? So obviously mm. Sarah playing in the boys' competition, where maybe I don't know if I'm going to be alive for this. We're not going to see any gender. Whoever's the best player just plays. No, no, no never. See Similar it. argument happen. to the tennis, isn't it? Won't happen, Val. Just throw it out there. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not going to happen. I've just shut it down. Cross the courts here, by the way. All right. As we finish up today, Marcus, I want to ask you, in your time, your favourite football commentator. Have you had someone that you just absolutely love? Because let's face it, the South Americans are the funniest, craziest commentators in the world. Have you got one that stands out? Yes. Victor Hugo Morales, which is the Uruguayan who, who commentated the goal of Maradona in 86. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The one where goal went for about 20 minutes. He's a famous yeah. man. That's... Have you got a favourite, Albie? Oh... Uh, not really. No? Not really, not. But. Gee, the, some of the, uh, the English ones are fantastic Yeah, over the years, aren't they? Martin Tyler. Martin Tyler, yeah. Very, we had, very We good. had an association with Martin Tyler, and um, he's a very clever man and very, you know, passionate about the game and mm -hmm. very placid approach to the radio. Yeah, and, yeah and but whatever, terrific you know? voice and a good yeah, caller, uh, yeah, yeah, I reckon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, you've got one here for us, Val. Can you tell us who we're listening to? I can't. I can't give you his name, All but right. he's a crazy Mexican commentator. All right, let's have a listen. El Chicharito. El Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí. Ahí la tiene Torrado. Torrado la juega por abajo. El arquero sale. La tiene Gio. No hay arquero. No hay arquero. No hay arquero. No hay arquero. ¿Quién le pega? ¿Quién le pega? Gio. ¡Golazo! de gol! ¡Apago la luz y me voy! ¡Golazo! Now... Marcos, what was he saying, please? Well, <laughs> I love it, but he, he, he's saying who is going to kick it, who is going to kick it, who is going to kick it. Oh, okay, it's for free. The goalkeeper is not there, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. It's not there. Okay, 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 I'm going to switch off the lights and I'm leaving, I'm leaving. It's a goal. Yeah. You need to pay me to be translator, man. There's a career with Marcos. That's... Have a listen to him. That's brilliant. But how good is it? If we, do, you, do you think the English-speaking commentators can bring that in? We could. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they should. Quite a bit boring in, in comparison to this bloke. It's fair. I, I love it. <laughs> I love, it just really lifts. He, he's got a set of lungs as well because he's held his breath there yeah. goal for yeah. about a minute and a half. All right, next week, Val, I sent you a challenge. I want you to find the uh, the one that Marcos was talking yes, about, all right, please. with Maradona. We'll and try and find that and for next week. I found it. I found it, but I'm trying to get better quality. All right, yeah. no worries. You've been listening to the Real Football Show podcast. Thanks again to Albie Kid, Marcus Flores, uh, Val Miliaccio, Chris Dittmar signing off until next week. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.